Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Marcos Luis here, One Mic Night Podcast, the podcast that brings you stories of artists and people in life on their personal journey, helping you guide, answer questions, and motivate you in the business. Are you an artist? Is there an overnight success? Are you looking for fame? That's not always the case. But today, we're going to speak to an artist who might give us a little insight on some things and we're going to have a great discussion. You've seen him on everything. You may not know his name, but you will after this show. You've seen him on CBS, HBO, uh, projects such as Dante's Cove, Alexander's Price. Please welcome Josh Berensford to One Mike Night Podcast. What's up, Josh? Hey, man. How are you? Thank, Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. Listen, of course, I, I have questions. First I of all, answers. you got answers. Good. Who is Josh? You know, be the right answer. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Josh Beresford? Uh, Josh Beresford's a pretty humble guy. Who uh, I think I'm a hustler. I like to. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hard worker. I've always always have been. It was instilled in me since the age of twelve. I would say I, I started with a newspaper route, and then after the newspaper route, I, uh, I got a job at Ponderosa Steakhouse waiting tables mm, okay. uh, while I was in high school. And then also in high school, I played many sports. Was treasurer treasurer of the National Honor Society. I played baseball and, and tennis, and I was vice president of my class. Um, I don't know. I've always just been a, a go-getter. Um, I love my parents to death, but I, I knew I didn't want to grow up and be like them. Where'd you where'd you grow up? I grew up in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. It's north of Pittsburgh. That's right. We uh, we grew up in kind of the same place. I grew up uh, right outside the Pittsburgh area too, in Monroeville. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. South Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was north. Yeah. How was that for you? How was how was the Pennsylvania Pittsburgh area? Um. Well, thank God my <clears throat> after my mom had sorry excuse me <clears throat> after my mom had split up uh, with her second husband we uh they were going to move or we were going to move into beaver falls district and there's a school there beaver falls or blackhawk even though it's all beaver falls is the city but Mm -hmm. there's the the shitty school and the good school and uh (laughs) thank god my dad bought a house uh within the blackhawk school district so i could stay in blackhawk and get a better better education which i say my high school uh my high school education outshined my my college education by miles what, wow. a of, what a waste of tell me what a waste of time and money going to college oh and, really and, and what why do you say that well I, I went there and the first two years was like high school all over again and i paid for college myself and they still want me to pay my student loans uh and i didn't find any value in it uh my one professor uh we he would give us bonus points to show up to class because we would just show up to class and take the test because we already knew everything i was like what the hell am i paying 700 and some dollars wow. for these credits when I already know this, it's just a money-making scheme. Right. Yeah. It wasn't until the last two years that uh, we really got into anything that was substantial. I learned some video editing and TV production and communication stuff. So mm-hmm. I, my advice to anyone out there, if you have kids or you're, you're thinking about going to college, think twice. Maybe do a vocational Really? Wow. Or, or do just, just make sure it's not a ripoff. Right. And, and then um, I got a scholarship to stay on the campus mm-hmm. and they made me, I worked at the ground round across the street. I don't even know if those exist anymore right. um, to, you know, I paid for college myself 
And so I had to work full time at the restaurant. And so I had food, but on the campus, they make you buy a meal plan. And then at the end of the year, if you didn't finish all of your, if I'll finish all the money on your meal plan, they didn't give you the money back. They said, go buy candy or something. It's just a ridiculous. And then this is during Obama and whenever he um, stopped the credit cards from getting on campus. Right. So yeah. Bankruptcy through that. Uh, just there's a lot of things that really need change in this country with wow. education and finance and everything. Where did I you? I'm going to get into that later. But. No, no. Yeah. Where, where did you um, where did you start doing the arts? Where, where, what was the point when you started? Well, that was the thing. You know, to so, do something? I, so I graduated Robert Morris and mm -hmm. I went on, on interview after interview after interview. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget. I went to this um, big, big advertising firm in downtown Pittsburgh. And it's, I thought I always wanted, it. I was a big Young and Restless fan growing up and, and seeing them in the, in the office buildings. I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. Not knowing that really what I wanted to do. I just wanted to be working in an office building and be like them. It was right. like my goal just out there. But uh, so I remember and I was like, oh, this is what I always wanted. And they, they had me take this test and write out this uh, advertising thing and all this stuff and sit across from three of them in the boardroom. I was nervous as hell. And then I get a letter in the mail later on. I'm sorry, you don't have the experience we're looking for. And then I went on for uh, some other interviews after that. And same thing. I'm sorry, you don't have the experience you're looking for. I was like, I was like, what did you, did you think it wasn't gonna be on my resume? But I was like, oh, by the way, I didn't put on my resume, but I did this and this. So I'm like, why are you wasting your time and my time right. with this interview at all? If you're, if I don't have the experience you're looking for. So I said, fuck it. I went and uh, took a couple classes at Point Park Conservatory. And then I went and did my um, first audition for um, community theater in Pittsburgh. It was at Veronica Vale's Player. I don't know if you remember. Okay, that. yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, and I did a show called Big Bucks. It was hilarious. And uh, then I didn't stop for two and a half years after that doing community theater. I did a student film. I did an independent film. And then, um, then I got a flyer in the mail inviting me to a thing called the, um, to audition for the IMTA. And it's through uh, my mother agency is pro, um, um, she's going to kill me, pro model and talent management. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I drove all the way out to Akron, Ohio. I did the audition and they gave me the automatic callback and wanted me to go uh, to the IMTA with them. Um, that costs like about 5,000 some dollars. I didn't have the money, but I asked my grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, she said, you're sure this is what you want to do? I said, yes, grandma, this is what I want to do. So she gave me the money. And uh, I came to New York and did the IMTA. I finished uh, with uh, one of the top awards and I started working with the manager from there, Thomas Harding Jones, uh, who has worked with uh, Amanda Seafried and a couple other big names, but he's since passed of pancreatic cancer uh, years ago now. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, that's what got me here to New York. It was his interest in me and that, that made me, I moved to New York like right away. Wow. Were you I, ever, I, were you, I stopped paying all my bills. I knew I was going to declare bankruptcy. Right. Either that or, or live in, live in um, Moon Township um, by the airport and just keep paying my bills and struggling. I said, where can I go for my dreams and do what I want to do? And that's what I did. So, and the bankruptcy's cleared off now and I'm good. <laughs> it's interesting. I have two things. One, you know, I kind of grew up the same way because I, I'm not afraid of hard work. I grew up, I worked at Rex Roast Beef. Remember that? No, I don't know. I was a, <laughs> it was kind of like an Arby's. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So I, like I was in boarding school, but you know, like everybody had a lot of money. Like and boarding school. I was in boarding school, you know, but my mother, you know, single parent, you know, working hard to put me through boarding school. But in the summertime, I would come home, I would work at Rack's Roast Beef to save money. 
you know, same thing. Did you ever fall victim to any kind of scams, like acting scams, modeling scams, anything like that along the way? Because <clears throat> no, not really. No scams. Mm -hmm. Shitty productions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I won't mention any names or anything, but yeah. <laughs> there's, some, there's some I regret uh, signing on to. Yes. No John Casablancas, none of that stuff. No, no. I remember that name, though. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. No, no scams. That was a lot of people thought the IMTA was maybe a scam, but right. Now I'm still friends with uh, my mother agency. I'm going to be teaching a class for her with the uh, new people coming in. And I still go to the IMTA every year, except this year with COVID. But uh, and I'm like a VIP guest and I go up and present an award. We have dinner and drinks and it's fun. I, I love it. I love going back every year. You see. So give, can you give people a little bit of insight on how that works? You know, like how agencies work and how, uh, you know, talent works with agencies to get jobs. And this is just for the people listening, you know, like what agencies yeah, I mean, do. I'd say it's pretty general. Um, mm -hmm. I've been I've been through many agents, <laughs> uh, but um, I don't know. I just try to keep on them. I, I think it's important to keep the communications open and make sure you're both on the same page and, and trying to get the, the right auditions um, that you want. I'm, I'm like I'm loving my new agent, Central Artist, because they're actually getting me more pilot auditions and series regular auditions and guest starring auditions. So, yeah, I think just keep the communication open. Um, my manager is, it's very important um, that they answer the phone or at least get back to you in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't like when it's past 24 hours myself. Uh, I know we're all busy. I'll give them 48 hours, but then I'm, I'm back on them like, hey, what's up, you know? But, but my reps now are pretty good. They, they get back to me pretty quick, pretty, pretty easily. Right. Well, I think, what, what do you... Like a lot of people want to get to the point where they have an agent. What was that like for you? How I mean, was it a struggle or just coming out of IMT, you know, you had the, the audition and, you know, and somebody say, hey, I want to represent you. Yeah, well, I was fortunate that um, that manager liked me. And mm -hmm. he, I think I was actually considered old at that time. That was in 2003, so I was 25. Mm -hmm. And it's just like when, you know, all the pretty face boys are in there, uh, young. So he paid more attention to them than me, but he, he did help me out and he got me um, with some good agents. I think it was Paradigm at the time and I had some really good auditions, but I'm not going to lie, uh, early in my career, and it still happens sometimes, the, the nerves took over. Right. And I, think it, I, I think I could have been a, a lot further along in the beginning if I, if I didn't let the nerves take over. I was just a complete, like, I remember I always wanted to be on Guiding Light. And when right, I, yeah, Guiding yeah. Light, I was just like shaking in my boots. And it's not that big of a deal. It's right. really not. How important is, is self-confidence in the business? Very, yeah. very important. Be prepared, uh, be confident. Uh, uh, I was just reading um article, I think it was uh, the guy from Shark Tank, Kevin something. He was saying, you know, uh, fake it till you make it without being a fraud. Right. Was, uh, Absolutely. You know, but now I'm now I'm turning 43 this year and I just don't give a shit anymore. Right. Uh, in a good way. You know, yeah. I do care, but I don't care so much that, you know, it's I, it's not going to be a life or death situation if I don't get this part. That's how I used to feel. I was like, if I don't get this, and then they're not going to want me anymore. And, and then I, I'm, I got, I'm bad with this CD. And I've had some horrible auditions with some CDs, and they, they still call me back and still like me. And then I booked with them. But you never know. So don't beat yourself up. 
Right. Is there any light you can shine uh, about that, about meeting CDs and meeting, you know, auditioning for people in um, terms of, you know, uh, the confidence level? I mean, just being yourself and yeah, you know, understanding. Help and be prepared. Mm -hmm. right? That's the biggest thing, you know, do your homework. And, and uh, nowadays they really want you off book. You know, there's no more looking down at the paper, especially in COVID times and we're doing self tapes. Uh, so just, I'd say just the more you're prepared, the less nerves you'll have and, and the more confidence you'll have. And, and uh, I think that will, sh you know, show and shine through. Absolutely. I want to talk about some of your projects. You know, some of the ones that I mentioned before, um, one that's probably way back there, Dante's Cove. Yeah. How was, how was that? Tell us a little bit about that and how was that for you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how was that for you? It was amazing. Um, so it was uh, when Jen Rudolph, um, she was casting, it was uh, Mitchell Rudolph casting at the time. I think I got it through backstage or, or something like that. Uh, I auditioned for it and I got an automatic call back. Um, I don't know. I was just perfect for the part. I was just, it was pretty much me. <laughs> like yeah. there's a lot of me in there. Um, and then I came back and, and she said, go, go get a pair of diesel jeans, nice and tight, a nice tank top and come back and, and uh, do the callback. So we did that. And then it took weeks uh, to hear back from them. But then I found out I had the final callback and they um, flew me out to California. Sorry. I don't remember that casting director. But uh, there was a whole bunch of us in the lobby of this casting director, like even where they, or I should say the hallway, because the elevators were there. We're all sitting there, sitting there. They kept bringing people in for the different roles and nobody was going in for Corey. Uh, and then finally they called me in and I did the audition and then still nobody went in for Corey. And then the casting director came over in front of everyone and whispered in my ear. She was like, I just want to let you know you got the part, but don't say anything yet. Oh, wow. And I'm, yeah, and I was like, static. I thought there my life was taking off. I was like, this right. is it. Right. Uh, and, um, but I was like, obviously all the people know, because I was the only one who read for Corey. You just came and whispered in my ear. <laughs> wow. I got right on the elevator, went downstairs. And my first time in LA, I was outside in beautiful weather and called my parents. I was like, I got it, I got it. <laughs> and then, uh, then we went and we shot in Turks and Caicos for five weeks. Beautiful. Um, on the island of Grand Turk, which is kind of like a third world country. Uh, it's known more for scuba diving there. Um, shout out, shout out to Tanya and Sandbar. Uh, we actually just, my, my fiance and I, we went back um, this January to Turks and Caicos. We stayed on Providencialis, but I, I insisted we take a plane over. I wanted to go visit her for at least a day. So we did that and it was just a whole influx of memories coming back and everything. It was pretty awesome. And I was in the show with Stephen Amell from The Arrow and um, I think it was by Nadine Nicole now. She was on Young and Restless. She's on The Expanse now on Prime. Uh, Charlie David has done some stuff. Mm, yeah. um, she was in the second season. She was on Queer Folk. So I got to work with a lot of lovely people. Not so much in touch with them um, anymore, but I, I don't have anything bad to say about them. I love them all. That's good. Uh, what about Alexander's Price? <laughs> that, How was uh, that? that was... <laughs> have you seen it? No, I haven't. Oh, man. Well, uh, I don't want to give anything away because mm -hmm. the ending is sick. Um, but um, that, I I didn't audition for that. He, he, I think he saw me from Dante's Cove and uh, offered me the role. And it was a uh, very low budget. Um, I don't remember if I was paid or not. 
but I, I figured, oh, what the hell? You know, I love not not having to audition, so I took the role, uh, and it's kind of it went international. Um, a lot of fans from that, a lot of people, a lot of views on YouTube with my sex scenes. Uh, sex sells, I guess. <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. It sure I was does. Watching um, about the, the girl on Bridgerton had to do the orgasm on screen. I'm like, oh, I know how that is. <laughs> I was like, no, there's no rehearsing. Let's just do it. Let's just try to get it in one take and get it done. Yeah, it's sex scenes aren't sexy. <laughs> oh, they're not. They really aren't. No. What are some of the good lessons you've learned, or you learned from that? That show. Alexander's Price. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, both of those. Um. Well, Dante's Cove. I was kind of. It was my first real professional on-set experience, um, so it taught me a lot. And um, Tracy Scoggins, um, she was big in the like '80s. Um, she was on Dallas, or, or you know, you'd have to look her up, but she's she's done a lot. Mm -hmm. um, she was on Lois and Clark, Superman, and Nick Tuck, and all those shows. But um, she she taught me some. She said, you know, like when you're when you're sitting, you know, that you let the you sit slowly so the camera can follow you. You know, it's not like real life. You're not just sitting down. You know, mm -hmm. take your time and and you know, just um, less is more uh, with the camera. Like, yeah. So I, I owe a lot to her for teaching me in the very beginning. That's um, nice. Yeah. Now. I also learned how you deal with an asshole director. Um, I forget his name. <laughs> oh my God. He got, uh, this was during like when Survivor first started, he, he got kicked off the island. Uh, he was doing drugs and trying to sleep with the girls and, and, and I think some guys. And, uh, sorry, I put my door or something. Um, so he got kicked off and then the next director, um, Sam Irvin, I was just um, chatting with him on, on Facebook the other day, actually. He does a lot of Lifetime movies now, I guess, and Hallmark movies. Mm -hmm. um, he was much nicer and much better at work with. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, dealing with an asshole director is no fun. No fun. Hmm. Oh, I, I, I'll tell you the story. So I had to, so it's the island and I don't know, somehow I must have got the water in me or something. And uh, Nadine and I were trying to shoot a walking scene and it was the, the first day, I think it was the, the camera operator, one of them, uh, told us afterwards, but we couldn't get the, we weren't ending the, the, the speaking where the director wanted us to. He kept making us do it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. so, uh, and I had to go to the bathroom really bad. And I mentioned to him, he, he just went off. He was like, do you think the other, do you think the cast and crew don't have to go to the bathroom? Just going off on me. And then, you know, I forgot, like, we have a mic on, he can hear everything. I was like, what? <laughs> Oh, no. He was like, yeah, I can hear that. I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, the, the, uh, the guy um, who was out operating the camera, I, I think it, he had something to do with the cameras. I forget. It was, it was a while ago. But he was like, he's like, you know, if he knew what he was doing, he would have told you, you start the scene where he wants it to end. You talk from there and walk backwards. And then when you walk, you're going to hit that mark. I was like, oh. So I, I've kept that with me ever since. Uh, so interesting. A walking walking and talking scene and you need to hit the end mark you start you start from the end and go back to the beginning and then start got it well how about that do you do theater also i do i do uh i did a play i actually um got to be i did a naked play in uh, fort lauderdale florida called happy ending uh, where i played a uh, a straight guy going in for a massage but then i ended up that i was kind of stalking the masseuse guy and uh, I actually ended up on the um, front page of the Sun Sentinel. Oh, wow. Florida, which is like their New York Times mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Which I didn't sure. realize. 
I thought it was like a gay newspaper. I was like, oh, that's cool, you know. <laughs> and they're like, no, this is like the New York Times of South Florida. That's I was like, oh, big, yeah. I went and bought all kinds of coffees. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And do you have a? Do you I, have a per- I, I think my my favorite theater role or <laughs> best theater role that, that has taught me the most and um, was just amazing. Uh, well, two of them. There was um, which kind of goes with today's climate, the White Rose, mm-hmm. uh, which is about these. Um, I did that in Pittsburgh at the old public theater through Point Park. I was actually cast. Um, I wasn't really a Point Park student like the other kids in the um, production were. I was shocked she cast me, but uh, we played students who in um, Nazi Germany uh, were handing out, they were called the White Rose Leaflets, talking about um, the Fuhrer and, and Nazis and how it's bad and everything and trying to get it out there. And a janitor, this is a true story, and then the janitor did a um, uh, citizen's arrest and they arrested us, put us on trial, and then they hung all of the students. And it was so cool because up in the rafters of the public theater in Pittsburgh, uh, each time one of us died, she they rang a bell and the light went out on us. It was really cool. Oh, wow. The silence at the end of the play lets you know exactly that we had accomplished what we were there to do. Wow, that sounds amazing. What do you what do you like better? Do you like theater or do you like film or is it? I love theater. I love theater. It's more of a challenge. You get more direction. It's more of a collaboration. Um, I think you get to really spend more time with people and get to know them and and just work Mm -hmm. and play as whereas, especially with the TV shows, it's uh, okay, we're ready. You know, let's go. You know, you barely ever get direction. Uh, I like direction myself. Hmm. Interesting. So how have you been doing? I I did want to mention because um, everything Black Lives Matter and everything, I did um, the story of Emmett Till. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was called Emmett Till Down in My Heart on Theater Row at the All Stars Project Project here in New York City. Uh, And I never heard of um, Emmett Till before, which Mm -hmm. was disgusting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I thought I had a great education growing up. And no, but there was only two black kids in our class. No mention of Emmett Till ever. I mean, not until not until I did that play did I know anything. I was I was sitting there. I had really bad allergies. I remember, and we we um, the director was great, and she had us watch a uh, documentary with Mamie Till, his mom, and uh, I was just sitting there between the allergies and crying my eyes out. <laughs> I was like, and then she was like, I, she didn't want to cast me because she thought maybe I was too sensitive because I was playing his killer. She wasn't sure I could be mean enough. Um, people wanted to, we had a procession at the end and we would meet the audience members and they, they said, I just wanted to punch you. <laughs> I said, thank you. I did my job then. Job well done. Yeah. For some reason, I play, I play bad, bad guys, bad, bad people very well for some reason, but that's not me at all. Interesting. I'm, mm. the, most non, I'm the most non-violent. I mean, I'll talk a lot really? of shit, but, but I ain't about to throw piss or anything or, or try to hurt anyone. So since you brought it up, I was going to ask you, you know, um, considering all the things that happened last summer, um, Black Lives Matter movements, uh, you know, the election, what's just what's, what's your feeling on on the whole movement that happened last summer with George Floyd? and <clears throat> Well, that has been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unfortunate, you know, I'm all for peaceful protests. I don't like the rioting and the looting, but I don't really believe you know, there's just bad actors out there right. that are going to be in, in anywhere at any time. Opportunities. <laughs> so yeah. they can't. And 
and now the whole deflection thing now with uh, people is, well, what about, you know, all the looting and whatever before? I'm like, a capital riot and some people getting killed and they were going in to kill and, and maim and and kidnap and, and it's, there's no comparison. No like, comparison. People will just blow my mind. I, I really believe, I, it's sad, and I, people might hate me for saying this, but I really believe 40% of this country are very uneducated and maybe a little mentally ill. And I think uh, they need big time help. Big, big time help. I'd That's have to agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Education. And if these people don't get on it and start doing something about our education system, it's mm -hmm. only going to get worse. You know, it's it, the education system is set up for for the rich and the poor get nothing. And it's horrible. Absolutely. Thank God my dad kept me. In, I, I I would have been in the same situation maybe if I went to the other school. My dad right. kept me in the good school. Thank God. Do you feel like this administration is is heading towards something different? Yeah, like they're working. Coming in? Mm -hmm. They're working for the people and trying yeah. to do something right. Yeah. You know, of course the the repugnants are trying to. <laughs> Stop them at every angle. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know why they're. they're I don't know. They're so vindictive, so nasty, so immorally wrong. I know. God forbid people have equal rights. Right. <laughs> and 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 people are, be able to take care of. And they talk about the socialism. Well, what about bailing out the farmers and bailing out Wall Street? I I lost. I had a great day job whenever I moved to New York, and I I did all my TV shows and everything. Mm -hmm. My boss loved me, and he let me go do them. And then the whole market crash of 2008, there went my job. I had to go back to bartending, which I didn't want to do. Right. And, and then I'm like, where's my, you know, they bail, they bail out these rich fucks. Like, what about, what about the little people? What about the little people? Yeah, exactly. We, I mean, I think we're in the same position right now. Where you get 400 hours a week and take the taxes out for unemployment. Right. What's that going to exactly. do? Especially here exactly. Exactly. We're in the same predicament right now, you know what I mean? Like the small businesses are suffering. They can't even get the loans, you know. They they went through three waves of the loan last time before He's the small business. To get them and they're buying yeah. Lamborghinis yeah. and stuff. You exactly. know, Joel Holstein, he needs the money. Exactly. Or they have the money to squeeze out the small businesses right away. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. they can yeah, do the poor, things they can do. <laughs> I used to work at the Beatrice Inn in the West Village. Um, she's become like a celebrity chef, Angie Marr. And, uh, <clears throat> I don't, I, I worked there years ago. But she just got pushed out because of the greediness of the the lease, and that place was a staple. It was owned by Graydon Carter and Vanity Fair before. All the celebrities go there. I've met so many people, uh, awesome people, um, were great. And then um, she had they she they wouldn't negotiate with her for the lease, so she had to move into the place next door, which is much smaller. It doesn't have the nostalgia. Um, I know she's she's trying to keep her head up and, and you know say everything's great, but I know it kind of hurt her. Right. That was her baby. Yeah. It's tough. <clears throat> it's very tough. And I, you know, honestly, I hope that sits there for a long time. They get no rent. Absolutely. I've seen that happen when I when I was in the West Village. Mm -hmm. Many years, people would, you know, they'd be pushed out because of rent, and then that, those places would sit there. I'm like, so you, you think you would have negotiated with them so you'd have some kind of money coming right. in? Now it sat there for a year, and you've vacancy had no, for a year. Nothing. Yeah. I'm like, right. good for you. These people are greedy. Greed right. is greed is a horrible thing. So I'm very pitied. <laughs> no, that was good. What have you been doing um, during this time to stay creative? I mean, we've been going through the pandemic. It's been rough. How do you stay on track with what you need to do to stay focused? It's uh, definitely hard. I've really been um, doing <laughs> in-home workouts a lot. Which um, shout out to HeatherRobertson.com. Um, <laughs> a free 12-week plan on YouTube that kicks my. I did it. I made sure I did it today, so I would have some energy for you and um, good. did the interview. 
Um, so I've been just trying to make sure I, I keep my workouts up, which I love. I love not going to the gym now. I'd rather just work out at home. Um, just updating my materials. I learned some editing. I finally got some of my old clips up on you. Um, well, I'll be I'll be updating my YouTube channel soon, but just stuff for inside the business of uh, you know clips and reels and stuff like that. Um, reading, sleeping. <laughs> important. Um, a lot, a lot it's of important. television. Yeah. Um, although I'm a, I'm a big like I'm a big reality TV. I, I watch all the house. I am too. All the housewives. I can't lie. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big Bravo fan. Yeah. I met Andy a couple times in the West Village and giving him hugs. <laughs> I actually tried to. I I actually um I have a TV pilot that um a friend of mine wrote that I cre- um but I had the idea. It was called Wolf Island, based mm-hmm. off Dante's Cove, and it's about werewolves on an island. And uh, I pitched it to Andy, and then he gave me um, the guy at NBC Universal's um, contact info. But uh, he was like, he said, I don't find um, hair sexy, <laughs> so so he passed on it. That's funny. But uh, we did get to do a stage Are- reading and actually get to cast it for the SAG Foundation uh, years ago. So that was pretty cool. Really? Yeah, actually see it come to life. Yeah. Are you a writer? I mean, is are the, is there other stuff that you've uh, written, or is I- it just one? You know, I, honestly, I, I I start to write something and then I stop. Because mm-hmm. I, I get to a point like things will come into my head, and then I'm like, and then I'm, and then I got nothing. Like I, I just heard, um, <clears throat> I like to just, I, I like to sing. I'll just make a song out of anything. And I heard, um, I watch a lot of the game shows too. I want to be on the weakest link. And I was, I was watching last night. I'm like, I got it. I know all these answers, most of them. Um, there was a thing about um, the California condor being uh, almost extinct. And then I started writing a country song about that. It's like, oh, a, that's funny. I'm like a California condor. There's not a lot left of me. So I thought I was like, that's awesome. And that's, I got <laughs> that's good. What kind of music do you like? Or what kind of music do you listen to? Uh, I'm a huge like Reba McIntyre fan. Yeah. I met yeah. her. Uh, she was my first concert. Mm-hmm. My cousin got us backstage passes um, when I was, fif- I think I was 15 years old. Uh, so I met her there, and then I actually waited on her at the Beatrice Inn for her 61st birthday. How was that? Talk about, I've never sweat or been more nervous in my really? life. Really? It was only me and another guy work. It was 10.30 on a Monday, and uh-huh. I was like, who the hell made a reservation at 10.30? We closed at 11 for four people on a Monday. And then they're like, and then I heard the um, hostess was like, uh, Reba will be here. I was like, huh? She's like, yeah, Reba McIntyre. I was like, shut up. I was like, man, and her name was Amanda. I was like, Amanda, don't mess with me. She's like, no, Reba. I was like, and then my heart just started. I started sweating. That's so funny. I stunk. I was like, and uh, my friend Mishu, who was like, they call him the back waiter, would be like the bus boy. Waiter. He was like, he was like, he's like, what is wrong with you? Who is this? He doesn't even know who she was. He's from <laughs> <laughs> he was like, He's like, you're a mess. I'm like, I know. And uh, so um, um, from her show, um, Reba that was on the WB, um, Melissa Peterman, who was their co-star, the Barbara Jean. She, uh-huh. yeah. um, she had sent her a bottle of champagne to start the dinner with. So I went over and I introduced myself and I'm trying to pour the champagne. I was shaking so bad. I just set it down. I was like, okay, just to let you know, I'm a super fan. I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> to get through this meal. And she was like, oh, thank you. And, uh, and then she was cool from there. It, it calmed me down because I was like, I can't just fake Too it. Too nervous. Yeah, I yeah. Know. And we weren't supposed to, at the time, take pictures with the celebrities or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, and then she was like, you want a picture? They like you, Her friends, you want a picture with Reba? I was like, well, I'm not supposed to. Like, she wants to. I was like, okay, perfect. Let's do it. And, uh, and then, I like that story. And then I, um, then I stalked her at the, um, 
AOL, what is it, AOL um, Build, mm -hmm. like interviews there. It's uh, in Soho in New York here on the corner. And, uh, and I got in the last, very last person to see her when she was uh, promoting her gospel album. And, uh, and then I got, I took a picture with her real quick and I said, you remember I waited your birthday? She said, of course I do. Wow. That's, that's my reason. That's interesting. <clears throat> I'll meet her. It's okay to fan out. I have no oh God, problem with it. We're actors, but you know what? I fan out too. I went okay. to the spot on 42nd Street back around the 2000s. Okay. It was a celebrity spot. So all the celebrities came in, all the black celebrities came in. So I met everyone from Denzel, Sidney Poitier. That was the one that made me nervous. Everybody else I could deal with, but every, yeah. you know, musician, Every actor came into that place, but Sidney Poitier was the only one that made me nervous. I bet. Because he's so regal and so humble. Oh, and yeah. he came in with Olympia Dukakis. And he's an icon. He's an icon. Yeah. And I I couldn't not let the opportunity pass. So I had to say, Mr. Poitier, um, uh, 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 I just want to <laughs> let you know that I really, you know, the usual, I really respect your work and I really <laughs> admire what you did. And he's like, well, thank you. Thank you, young man. Yeah. So, I know it's always it? weird when, when you see them in person. Like, she just like, it's just not what you expect. They're not short, you know. Right. It's just because they're bigger than life on, on the screen. And then you're like, oh, here they are. Here they are. They're, they're yeah. a real person. They really exist. That's right. I've met so many celebrities now, it doesn't phase me anymore. But exactly. Reba still would, though. I still would. Right. I still would we all have that one or two that. He said, he said, well, you know, you can come down and do karaoke with we go over to Reba's house and do karaoke. And I was like, don't mess with me. Wow. Yeah. It's not been serious because he never got back to me about it. But I believe me, I followed up. <laughs> That's funny. Never That's happened. funny. You got anything coming up soon or uh, you? Yeah, actually next Tuesday, cool. I just um, at the beginning of the month, I shot um, season three, episode six of FBI on CBS. Um, I play, I can't really talk much about it. Yeah. Um, right. Let's just say I'm, I'm I'm a very integral part of the story, and uh, I've had some some roles before on on TV shows, and they, like Boardwalk Empire, they cut the whole scene out, so I didn't have any lines. I look like an extra. It happens. It happens. Oh, I know. I it happens. Uh, I had Patricia yep. Arquette point a gun at me. That was cool. I got to work with an Oscar-winning actress. But uh, FBI, yeah, they definitely can't cut me out of this. Uh, it's a it's a big part of the story, and I'm. I'm Let's just say I'm in the climax of the show. I don't think I can say that much, but I can't really talk much more about it. I like Next that. Tuesday, um, CBS, February 9th at 9 p.m. Okay. Yeah. Definitely, everybody look great, out for that. Great cast and crew. I, I really felt like I was just part of the cast. I, I felt like I'd been there since it started. Mm. It treated me amazing. Yeah, it's great. How do you feel going into stuff like that? I mean, I know, you never you know you're know. walking into people who are, you know, like celebrities. Yeah. Not that you aren't a celebrity because you work quite a bit too. You know, people consider you a celebrity as well. We know you, we see you, you know, but how do you feel just on a personal um, level when you walk in sometimes? I, I, I'm not going to lie. A lot of times I felt like the outsider, you know, um, but, you know, thank God for the, the PAs are always so, um, so nice and, and respectful and like, sir, and I'm like, please, Josh, right. <laughs> gotta be called sir. Um, I sometimes you feel like an outsider, but for the most part, they're, they're pretty welcoming, I think. Do you, you feel like that's changed in the last couple of years, you know, with uh, accepting more, you know, people of color, more people LGBT, more, you know, like a more, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm gay myself, and I, I, um, as soon as anyone assumes I'm straight, I let them know I'm gay because. 
I've been there, done that. Mm -hmm. I, I think I might have hurt my career in the beginning because when Dante's Cove, uh, most of the cast was gay. So I thought I did. I was still new to it and, and being masculine, you know, um, I didn't want to uh, have less less opportunities because I didn't want to be seen as just gay. Right. Which yeah. is so stupid now that I think about it and look back on it. But things change too. Times have changed. So. Absolutely. And I think now that's like whatever. I think you just said it. Times have changed. And look at the people who are at the forefront of this whole movement. You yeah, know, yeah. you didn't have these. Yeah. Yeah. And they play all the roles. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Speaking just, of Matt Bomer, I worked with him on, on uh, the show and he was so nice, so humble. Yeah, I'm so sure. Everything. Like yeah. Guy. Really yeah. great guy. Yeah. Yep. Cool. What show was that? Uh, suits. Suits. Yep. Suits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, Josh, this has been a pleasure. Thank you for uh, yeah, jumping on the podcast with me. Tell everybody how we can get in touch with you. Uh, you can email me. Um, my, so I always get that I look like Mark Wahlberg. You and do. Yeah, when, you do. When I first got my first email, it was AOL. Still is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I, still, he, he, I still have AOL too. Yeah, and it was, um, <laughs> I saw yours as well. You're, we'll talk about that in a second, right? But um, it was Boogie Nights was out at the time. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a big shining star, big shining star. <laughs> so I made my email, Big Star Josh. Not even, so he, wait, I didn't wait, even know he, I was gonna. I actually didn't even. I don't even think I knew I was gonna be acting at that point. Let me tell you. Here's the thing about you. You look like Mark Wahlberg and James Dean together. James Dean. Oh, yes. That's one yep. of my. I love that movie with James. Yep. Ryan. I'll take that. Yeah. Thank it. Exactly. Um, oh, it's big. Oh, you can contact me at bigstarjosh at aol.com. Uh, my website is my name, joshbearsford.com. On Twitter, it's bigstarjosh. Um, it's my name on Facebook, Josh Beresford. Yeah, please. I love fans. I, I try to respond as much as I can. I'm not one of those just to ignore you. Unless you're being a dick, then I'll ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Everybody, please make sure you find Josh on all the social media. Big Star Josh, hit him up. Drop him an email if you have some work for him or just to yeah. say, hey. That's what we like. Guy, right? <laughs> we make like sure him. you look for him next week on FBI. He's in the climax scene. He just told you. I'll be watching. I'm in more scenes than that. but More scenes than that. But just he's definitely in that. Let you know that's, yeah, you'll, you'll see me. And that's all I can say. <laughs> there you go. I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of One Mike Night Podcast. You can find us at One Mike Night. One Mike Night is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. -E. Go to the dot com. Find all the links. Also, this podcast is available on YouTube at One Mike Night. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the bell up top because you don't want to miss any of these episodes. You can follow me at Marcos Luis, M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S. Go to the .com there, too. You can find all my social media links. Hit me up. Let me know what you think about this. And please make sure you share these episodes. I want to thank you for listening to One My Kind Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much.